All right, guys, we know you love the Chargers, but you also probably love saving money, too. And Mercury Insurance can help you with that because Chargers fans save an average of $769 with Mercury. That'll get you great seats for the game and jerseys for the whole family, too. So what are you waiting for? Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com to see how much you could save. It only takes a few minutes to switch, and it could save you a lot of money. Don't wait. Get a quote today at mercuryinsurance.com. Savings info based on 2019 California Department of Insurance Rate Comparison Profile 38A. Individual savings may vary. All right, guys, welcome to the final drive presented by Mercury Insurance with Haley Elwood and ESPN's Eric Williams. And guys, last three weeks have not been kind to the Chargers in the division. And it seems like every loss, it doesn't seem like it is, every loss decided by a possession or fewer. Yeah, which has basically been a theme of the season. All eight losses have been seven points or less. Uh, They've been in close games. They've been right there uh, ready to win them, but they haven't made the plays that they need to make at the end of games. Um, And that's been pretty consistent throughout the year and specifically these last three weeks. And so four and eight, um, not what we expected from this team going in. You know, uh, people nationally thought this was a team that could – contend for a Super Bowl Um, obviously that hasn't happened and now you're just kind of playing out the string with with four games left I think for me the kind of rough part I guess you would say about these last three weeks was they won against Green Bay and then it was hey they have all these divisional games left and in front of them yeah they dropped the game to the Broncos previously but you hadn't played Oakland yet you hadn't played Kansas City yet you get another shot against Denver and you really kind of were in that position to sort of take control but to drop the three in division really did not bode well obviously for this team but I don't think any of us really anticipated that they would would have come out of that stretch 0-3 and to be 0-4 in the division right now is just a real big bummer especially the way they beat the Packers yeah it was, it was a, it such was a, a sound victory yeah. 26-11 I think was the final so you, you thought you had some momentum going into Oakland and then Kansas City and then Denver uh, the Oakland game you spot them 10 points mm-hmm. and then I think turnovers too yesterday you yeah. know um, the interception then the, the fumble Troy May Pope that leads to 10 points turnovers were something that didn't happen as frequent last year as it's happened this year. Yeah. And just, you know, penalties, things at the inopportune times, Eric. Yeah, I think they're they're minus 11 in turnover differential right now, which is, like, I think fifth worst in the league. Uh, they were plus one in turnover differential last year, which was tied for 15. So it wasn't over the top, but obviously being in the middle is much better than being at the bottom of the pack. And it's when those turnovers happen, it seems like they're always playing from behind when you look at these games or they're spending so much energy getting back into the game that when it comes to the final corner, maybe they're just, they don't have enough gas because they've worked so hard to, to get back into it. Um, And that was one of the things I noticed uh, last year and going back and look, looking to this year, Uh, this year, uh, they've been outscored 130-120 in the first half. Mm. Last year, they outscored teams 229-164, to I believe. So they were playing from ahead mm-hmm. and, and really had control of the game more times than not last year. And I think that was uh, one of the reasons that why they're able to go 12-4 and because when those weird things happen at the end of the game – they were still ahead yeah. or, 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 you know, they weren't having to rally to get back into it where this year they're, they're expending so much energy getting back into the game. So when that weird stuff happens late, they don't have any, any margin for error. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, case in point, uh, you know, Casey Hayward being called for that PI, you get the, the field goal to tie. It looks like it's going to overtime, but 
weird stuff happens yeah. to the Chargers, and then you get a, a PI call that was, you know, debatable at best, but he called it, and so you have to live with it. Well, and Casey even said in the locker room yesterday, it shouldn't have even come down to that. Right. That if you take care of business earlier in the game, to your point, things like that shouldn't even matter Correct. at the end. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I talked to Jalen Watkins about that too. It's like, yeah, if you do take care of business early in the game, if that happened, now you're you're still just defending your your, yeah, your goal right. line instead of worrying about a field goal winning the game. You know, essentially saying we, we should have been up by a touchdown mm-hmm. instead of tied. I don't think the Broncos had any turnovers yesterday. And like a rookie quarterback making his first start and Drew Locke. Well, no, they, they, they did the, throw they the one pick. Yeah, but d- also, the but Denzel Perryman pick. Okay. Yeah. Denzel had the pick, but he was clean the entire game. Yeah. yeah. The Chargers had no sacks and no quarterback hits on him. Yeah. And a lot of it was quick stuff. They were getting yeah. the ball out of his hand quick or they were moving him. But a couple times he was back there and they didn't, they didn't get to him. The theme, again, it's turnovers, but also the defense. They haven't forced a lot of turnovers yep. this year, too. And that was something that they did a little bit more frequent last year. And when you see Derwin James back, mm-hmm. it's it's a good sign. I think that first series, he was blitzing on that third down next to Bosa. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of see flashes of what Derwin could be. I, I was listening to Tom Telesco talk to DJ and Money before the game yesterday, and he said, hey, don't expect Derwin to be all-pro Derwin right off the bat. Right. He hasn't played right. in the preseason or at all this season. But to get him back... Obviously, when you're four and eight, you know the playoffs aren't really a possibility right now. Mm-hmm. But the last four weeks, you see number 33 out there with this defense, perhaps kind of a snapshot of what's to come in 2020. Yeah, and, and those are kind of the things you're going to be looking for in the last four games. You know, Derwin, you said it, hadn't played at all. So we're not going to see, you know, the guy that's making plays all over the field because he's just kind of getting his footing. Uh, I did talk to him briefly after the game, and he, he said he felt good, got to the game okay, feels healthy, but feels like he needs to get some more practice under his belt so he can get back to playing like he was last year. So certainly these last four games are important for Derwin to build towards next year and, and to, to try to get things going and kind of get back to that level of play that we expect from him. Well, and I think it was encouraging because didn't he also play like 56 of 57 yeah. defensive yeah, all snaps? But one snap. All but one snap. Yeah. So to get that guy back in that large of a capacity is huge and, and also just shows you he's healthy, he's yeah. he's fine, he's healed. And and I think, again, he'll only go up from here. I think along with that, I think you want to start looking at some of the, the younger guys, mm-hmm. you know, Trey Pipkins, you want to see him get some more snaps and, and, and see what kind of player he can become. Drew Tranquil, you know, he's, he's played pretty well. Get him out there a little bit more. Um, really start to see some of these younger players and how they develop and maybe how they can fit on this roster for, for next year because you have a lot of uh, tough questions that you're going to have to deal with in the offseason. I think it's just been it's been tough for this team to finish games. And mm-hmm. we go back to that turnover, that, that Denzel Perryman interception – it's funny that I forgot about it because we were just talking about yeah. the, the <laughs> result of missing that 55-yard field goal yeah. as opposed to punching it in for a touchdown yeah. and finishing the game. And And I think when when you lose all of your games by a touchdown or less, something happens at the end of games that prevents you from actually finishing it or something at the beginning of games, like in the case of the Kansas City game in Mexico City, where you're getting threes and not sevens in the first half. Yeah. That's just, I, I think, been kind of the bugaboo this year. Yeah, they just haven't played complementary football where the offense and defense special teams are all kind of working in concert and and playing well together as a group Uh, you know you'll get one group playing well for a spurt and then they'll kind of fall off and then the other group will play well for a couple series but they're they're not all playing together 
uh, well. They've had a couple of games where they've done that, Green Bay and, mm-hmm. and, and Miami. Uh, but other than that, it's really been kind of up and down and, and uneven, and that's why you have a 4-8 and eight season. And I think the Green Bay game was the complete game that we saw that yeah. we thought was going to be the catalyst for the rest of the year. And I think talking to guys in the locker room, they felt that way too. They felt like, okay, we you know, we got this. We can do this. And maybe you turn that page for the second half of the season. But I don't know. You know, I don't know what it's really been that's kind of doomed them in similar ways that happened at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. But Winning breeds confidence, mm-hmm. seeing touchdowns, seeing a, a late game stop. And, and I can go back to last year. There was a lot of close games that this yeah. team won, whether it was in Seattle, on the road in London against the Titans. Yep. The San Fran the, game. The, yes, the, that, the San Francisco game earlier in the year, the, the Chiefs, the Steelers on the road late. It's not like this team, obviously there were some games where they, they blew some teams out, oh, but yeah. when they did have close games, um, they finished those games. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes you, you have to you have to have one and then two and then you start to say, hey, we, we can do this. It just hasn't happened this year specifically. It hasn't happened this year. And that November schedule we talked about, it was just so weird in general. It was hard to even, I can't imagine trying to get on a roll because the schedule was so out of whack yeah. from one Sunday game. You know, they hadn't played on Sunday since the Green Bay game. Mm-hmm. So to go Thursday to Monday to bye to Sunday, it was just kind of an awkward and then all the travel. And all the travel, too. It was an awkward time in there. But, you I know. I felt weird and I wasn't even playing. <laughs> <laughs> in Colorado Springs and Mexico, Mexico City. City. And then you're back home. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think maybe the hope was you get started back with Denver on that roll again. But to drop it against the Broncos, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for the re- these last four weeks here. Eric, what do you want to see out of this team the last four weeks in terms of just maybe individual players and just the development of certain guys that you know are going to be in on this roster in 2020 that perhaps are going to have a big say in, in what that season looks like? I think you just want to see consistency. I think that's the one thing we haven't seen all year is you want to see what you saw in the Green Bay game. Yeah. Um, you, you want to see a productive uh, mistake-free football from your quarterback which gives you a chance uh, to, to stay in games. And, and you want to see everybody else making plays, you know, whether it's the skill guys, defensively the skill guys, up front, you know, you need to see better O-line and D-line play because if you have quality O-line, D-line play, it makes it easier for everybody else. And then you want to see uh, mistake-free football and special teams, you know. Uh, you know, Drew Tranquil's played well, but he had a penalty that led to a continuation of a drive for Denver. They're ultimately able to get out the field, but uh, that sticks out. Tremaine had the muff punt. Um, that sticks out. Yeah, you just you have to be consistent and mistake three, mistake free in all three phases of the game to give yourself a chance to win week in and week out. So I'd, I'd like to see consistency week in and week out and kind of keep stacking those games. So maybe that kind of, uh, you know, leads to, to, to better play in 2020. I would agree with that same thing. And I think, you know, this week against the Jags is kind of a good start for that. I mean, they announced they're playing Gardner Minshew, so he's back. They're playing the stash. Playing the stash. Stash is back, baby. <laughs> Minshew mania. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're four and eight. They're essentially out of it, yeah. so it's kind of one of those, all right, well, let's go in there and, and see what we got, and I think that's a good start because then it's not like the schedule gets much easier the rest of the season, yeah. though. You play the Vikings, yeah. you play the Raiders, and then you play the Chiefs, so, you know, 
who knows what will happen. I think the Raiders is probably maybe the game that we're not sure what their record will be at that point. Yeah. But still, you know, they beat this team once this season. So I think that's a great point because um, three out of four of these teams really have something to play for yeah. down the stretch. So we're going to see if the Chargers can match that intensity because mm-hmm. yeah. those teams are going to come out because they, they you're going to get Minnesota's like, best shot. Yeah. You're going to you know? get their best shots. And so are you going to be able to come out and, and match that intensity, even though you don't maybe have as much to play for as, mm-hmm. as those other teams? And Philip Rivers has talked about in the, in the past where they've known at some point, maybe like weeks, week 16, that they've been out of it. So it's uh-huh. like, all right, let's go play spoiler. Yeah. Like, let's go, let's go monk some stuff up here. That's the thing with Philip. You know, he's going to play. Yeah. Regardless. And guys like Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Guys are going to play. It's just, you know, are they going to play to the level that they need to play in order to, to get wins against these teams? Because the sense of urgency is just going to be stronger with these other teams because of the playoff implications mm-hmm. than you have with a team that's that's out of it. So you kind of have to manufacture that intensity to, to get to where you need to be. And it'll be interesting to see as a, as a collective, as a group, if Anthony Lynn can get that out of his team. The balance on offense is something that I want to see because Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen – there should be some common ground in, in terms of yeah. the target distribution and, and the plays that these guys make. And Eric, you and I were just talking about Mike Williams. His month of November has been incredible in terms yeah. of the big plays that he's made. 56, 46, 45, 26, 50, 52, and 38, yeah. all in four games. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like the targets, he had seven targets in a career-high 117 yards on mm-hmm. Sunday, but it doesn't seem like the targets are there every single week. So it, it'd be good to see Mike get a little bit more involved throughout the course of a game as opposed to a you know a, a fourth and 11, 40-yard yeah. catch. Well, and just to interrupt, the touchdowns aren't there either this oh. year. And that's what's weird. Yeah. Uh, 11 total touchdowns, fourth among receivers, and zero this year. It's crazy. And, I, of course, I did some research because we were talking about it. Um, I think he's got 16 targets in the red zone this year, two catches for 16 yards in the red zone. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe throw it up to him, jump balls, yeah. just give him a chance. Um, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Melvin Gordon's rookie year mm-hmm. when he didn't have any touchdowns yeah. and, that, and he wasn't getting the ball in the red zone. So I was like, well, it's hard to score if you're not right. getting the ball in the red zone. So he's... Mama's not wearing your jersey. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. I remember her saying that. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Uh, so, yeah, I just, just want to see more involved when they're closer to the goal line. And that's been an area where they struggled. I think All they're 26 in red zone. I think they're 27th in goal-to-goal situations. So this uh, unit has had trouble scoring. They're, they're averaging, I think, 19-7 a game, which is 22nd in the league. Last year, they averaged a little over 25 points a game, which I think was top 10. So that's a touchdown difference from last year to this year. And, and again, that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, you're four and eight. A thousand yards from scrimmage and 10 total touchdowns for Austin Eckler. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good for an undrafted rookie. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. For, not bad. And for someone who, who was going back to Colorado to yeah. get that 30 yard touchdown before halftime, you look at the positives this year. Austin has become this kind of offensive weapon that you can use out of the backfield that, that can carry some of the load um, from a, a running back perspective too. But to get Melvin, Austin, Keenan, Mike, and Hunter all on the same page, uh, I think that's just what, what you need to see from an offense that yeah, has four that, weeks. Yeah, that feels what's been missing. Mm-hmm. 
there's so much talent on paper when you look at these names. You go, holy moly, these are amazing players who can do amazing things, but they just haven't been able to kind of assemble it all together. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? I use that first ever game as an example because it was Melvin's first game back, like 12 carries, 31 yeah. yards. Austin caught 15 passes, yeah. right? It, it was a lot of dump-offs to him as opposed to getting Keenan, finding ways to get Keenan the ball or, or Mike the ball. And I, obviously, coverage is going to dictate that sure. and everything. But when you have... Uh, a young tight end who is considered one of the better ones in this league and, and two running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, a, a jump ball guy in Mike Williams who had 11 total touchdowns and a back-to-back pro bowler in Keenan Allen, it just hasn't clicked at the same time this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, you mentioned things we're going to be looking for in the last four weeks. Certainly that is one of them to see how you can get all of those guys going uh, in one game, I mean, obviously, you're not gonna. All of them aren't gonna have you know eight catches for right. 100 yards, but you'd like to see all of them involved in some manner, um, you know, throughout the uh, the game. And and again, the point that's what you want to ultimately see. You want to see this offense score 28, 30 points a game because I think that's what they're capable of. All right, guys. Well, we got four more games to go, and obviously, I know for Chargers fans, not the record that you were expecting, but tell you what, there's a lot of talent on this team. And sometimes it's these games at the end of years where it builds character. You have adversity and perhaps you can carry that into the next year. There's going to be a lot of these guys that are on this team in 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, just talking to Austin Eckler in the locker room, he said, Hey, we're fighting there. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're in this locker room, you're going to fight. We're all brothers here. So, you know, expect to see that from the chargers as December rolls on. For Eric Williams, Haley Elwood, I'm Chris Harey. Thanks for listening to The Final Drive, presented by Mercury Insurance.